0: So today, we're reading from Matthew uh, chapter uh, chapter 6, verse 5 through 15. Okay, so from chapter 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret
1: Okay, well, happy new year uh, to you as well. Uh, I've heard a few people got to see it in intentionally, a few people got to see it in unintentionally, but well, well done for being here this morning. Uh, what a great way to, to be able to begin a new year, just gathering uh, as God's people, hearing from his word. Uh, kids, uh, good morning to you, if you're joining with us today and no, don't normally. Um, now, Pete began with a dad joke last week for his sermon, so I thought I might start with two dad jokes this morning, two New Year's dad jokes. Uh, hopefully, you haven't heard them. My kids don't give it away. Uh, test some of these on you. Uh, so here's the first one: uh, What happened to the fireworks which were arrested on New Year's Eve? Well, they were let off. Okay, that's a goodie. Uh, here's the second one: uh, Knock knock. Who's that? Abby. Abby, New Year. Abby New Year. <laughs> and I do hope it is an Abby New Year for you. Uh, Sorry, I know they're bad. If you've got a better one, come and let me know afterwards. Uh, actually, I, I made that offer, I think, about this time last year, and Lil Harrison Wright came and told me some absolute crackers. So if you've got some good jokes, come and let me know. If not, talk to Harrison Wright. Uh, well, this morning we are beginning a, a new series, as we've already heard, called uh, May Your Kingdom Come. Uh, at Christmas, we celebrate the coming of our king. And so we thought it would be a good, good way to start the year by considering again what it means to be the people of his kingdom. Uh, by kind of getting our hearts in sync with our kings once again, so that we might fully appreciate, enjoy, and live for his kingdom, 2023. Uh, So with that simple setup, uh, let me pray, and then we're going to look at the first of our passages for this short series. A very familiar and wonderful one in which Jesus teaches us how to pray, but also one that that reminds us that God's kingdom is something that's to be a priority of our prayers. So would you pray with me? Well, Father, as always, we thank you for your word and times together each week to be fed and fueled by it. Uh, we thank you for another year, and we pray that even now this would be a year in which the gift and reality of your kingdom uh, would be all the more rich in our hearts. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you ready our hearts to receive from your word even now? Would you nab- enable me to speak what, only what's helpful? And even as I preach to your people today, would you land the precious truths of your word in my heart as well? And we pray all this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, We've already talked about prayer a little bit this morning. Because it it is uh, about prayer today, I thought I'd begin by asking, what sort of prayer are you? Uh, I've got some slides to help consider that. Uh, So firstly, are you someone for whom words come easily in prayer? Uh, Or do you struggle to know just what to say when you pray? Are you quite organised and structured in your prayer, in your prayer times? Or do you tend to kind of fire up some arrows as things come to mind? Uh, Pray for things just uh, through the day. Uh, Do you find it easy to stay focused in prayer? Or do you battle distraction uh, time and again? Uh, Do you find it easier to pray with others? Or do you prefer to pray just by yourself? Uh, Is prayer something that you, you really look forward to? Uh, Or is it something that you come to a little bit more subdued? What sort of prayer are you? Well, when the topic of prayer comes up, uh, it can be easy to feel a bit unsettled and guilty, kind of. Uh, Few of us feel like we're doing a really good job of our prayer life. And when it comes to preaching on prayer, it's easy to feel inadequate to do that as well. And that's because my prayer life is a work in progress just like yours. It's, it's also easy to preach just to the ought of prayer, to why we should pray more than we are, uh, with greater fervency than we do. And, and that's not a bad thing. Sometimes we need to be unsettled and challenged about our prayer life. Uh, sometimes we need to hear the ought. But my hope for this morning isn't to unsettle us and make you feel guilty. Uh, instead, today, I want to do three things. Uh, firstly, I want to let the Lord's Prayer just remind us of the astounding privilege of prayer. Secondly, we want to briefly work through the petitions in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, This is a well-known prayer. Many of us are very familiar with it. But there may still be some surprises in it as we go through. Uh, Even as I've been preparing, just been uh, reminded again uh, how wonderful these different petitions are and that certain petitions can kind of slip out of my prayer life. Uh, Finally, this series is May Your Kingdom Come. So I just want to finish up by very briefly... Uh, giving you some suggestions on how you could pray for God's kingdom in 2023. Okay, so that's where we're going. uh, On that note, let's consider the first point, astounding privilege that is prayer. Well, there aren't many things could say under this point. The Bible speaks about this a lot. But if you're a note taker, I'm going to give you four things, uh, highlight four things from this passage and the surrounding verses that remind us just what an astounding privilege prayer is. Uh, these things aren't going to be new. I'm sure they're familiar to you already. But, but they are things that can lose their wonder a bit for us that we need to be reminded of again. So here's the first one. Prayer is speaking personally with the almighty, hallowed God of all. That's uh, a simple truth. That is pretty astounding, right? Uh, earlier this week, we had a few days up on the Sunshine Coast and uh, we decided to head up to the hinterland for a drive. And while we were up there, we were treated to this in- incredible display from the tops of the mountains. Uh, there was clouds of all sorts of shapes and sizes and shades of colour uh, speedily moving around the sky. And it was really stunning against the, the forested mountains and the green grassy hills below. Uh, to be honest, we actually didn't get to enjoy that scene for all that long because uh, quite soon after we marveled at it, some of those clouds decided to unload their contents on us. But for a few moments, it was, it was just a beautiful vista to gaze upon. Well, that night, uh, Deb and I were up to Psalm 147 in our Bible reading together, and, and let me just read you a few verses from it. Uh, it begins, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it's pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. And then it goes on to list some reasons for this. Uh, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Verse 4, he determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. It's incredible, hey? uh, Verse 8, he covers the heavens or the skies with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth and he makes grass grow on the hills. We were like, wow, that's exactly what we're appreciating today. Uh, now, I know it's a simple truth, but it is a profound one. Prayer is speaking with God, Uh, with the one who imagines such beauty, who's abundant in power, who is sovereign over all. That brings us to the second reason. Prayer is also time with our Heavenly Father. We're even taught to address him that way. Again, it's quite astounding, isn't it? Despite God being so exalted and powerful and holy, he he wants us to know and relate to him as father in other words he wants us to come to him uh, needy and messy and hurting and real confident in his love and care and affection and attention uh, as a dad i feel the weight of bearing that image of god to my kids Uh, There's no question that I fall short of the image that that God would love my kids to have in mind as they they hear and read that. And I I know other dads feel the same around this room. And and I also know that for many people, the image of father is a really, really broken one. It's one that's tainted by all sorts of painful realities. So I just want to acknowledge both of those things. Uh, I also want to acknowledge both of those can be heavy burdens, uh, they, they can actually drive us away from God. But, but can I say, if you are feeling either of those things, would you let God himself help you with that? Would you come to him with them for, for the strength to be something you can't on your own? Would you come to him to tender a heart that's been broken uh, as he promises to do? We just just heard that. Well, to say that this truth about God as our Father was important to Jesus would be a massive understatement. Uh, Not only is it the title that he begins this prayer with, but he uses the title of Father for God 17 times, just in this one sermon that we find in Matthew 5 to 7. Uh, And he uses it over and over and over again elsewhere in his teaching. Uh, It is also important to clarify Jesus never speaks of God as Father for, for just people in general. Instead, he and the Bible are very clear that this father-child relationship its a special privilege for those who are trusting in Jesus, who are united with him, for those who have been born again by his spirit, the spirit of adoption, as Paul refers to him in Romans 8, the one who establishes in our hearts that God is our father, enables us to come to him as that. Just on that note, if if you are here this morning and you're not yet a a believer in Jesus, you're not yet a Christian, just want to say it's wonderful to have you with us. And and I want to let you know something wonderful. Uh, This relationship is what God offers to you. Through repenting of your sins, trusting in Jesus, it's not something you need to earn, it is a gift to be received. As you trust in, in Christ's death for your sin, in his resurrection from the grave, in his rule as your king, The Bible says all who do that, all who repent and believe, are adopted as his children, Uh, get to address him as father, receive his spirit, uh, live and enjoy him forever. That brings us to the third reason prayer is such an astounding privilege. Prayer is also how we obtain uh, the provision, the pardon and the protection we need, not just once but every day. Now, each of those things are elements of the Lord's Prayer, and so we're going to look at them a bit more shortly. But for now, I just want to highlight they are petitions in the Lord's Prayer because prayer is how God's ordained means by which we obtain these things. Uh, Kevin DeYoung, in his book on prayer, he notes that when it comes to prayer, Jesus' key command is that we would ask. Uh, time and again, he says, ask, 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 over and over and over. And we might remember also James's letter he wrote that they didn't have because they didn't ask. So I want to say, it can seem a bit weird and contradictory that God knows our needs, we're told that in the Bible, and, and he loves to give good gifts, we're told that in the Bible, and yet he wants to come him to, us to come to him and ask, which we're also told in the Bible. But there's heaps we could say on that, but I guess simple, maybe to answer that simply, it's, he loves it when his kids come to him and ask for things they need and are keen to trust him to provide just that. Well, That brings us to the final reason prayer is such an astounding privilege. And that is because it's also a powerful means by which uh, we participate with God in his kingdom work in the world. It's a powerful means by which we participate with God in his kingdom work in the world. Uh, Now, it wouldn't be a, a sermon on prayer, without some quotes on prayer, and so I thought I'd include them at this point. So I've got three quotes for us. Uh, The first one is from Jonathan Edwards. You may have heard of him. He's a a prominent theologian in the 1700s. And he says, There is no way that Christians in a private capacity can do so much to promote the work of God and advance the kingdom of God as by prayer. Okay, second quote is from John Piper prominent theologian today, and he says prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. Third one is from John Bunyan. Uh, they know him as the author of Pilgrim's Progress, a book many of us love. And he, he says, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Pray often, for prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a scourge to Satan. It's a good quote, hey? Okay, so as a recap and a, and a wrap-up of this first point, uh, prayer is speaking with the almighty, hallowed God of all. Uh, prayer is speaking with our heavenly Father, time with him. Uh, prayer is how we obtain the provision, the protection, the pardon we need, not once, but every day. Prayer is a powerful means by which we participate with God in his kingdom work in the world. Uh, I hope that gives you a, a reminder how astounding this privilege is Well, before we move on to the second point, because this is a a sermon on prayer, I'm actually going to give you a minute now to pray. Uh, 60 seconds. uh, You might like to spend that just praising God for this gift of prayer, uh, for his work through prayer, uh, that you can know him as Father despite your sinfulness, unworthiness of such. Uh, Kids, you might like to fire up some arrow prayers to God, something you've heard as well. Okay, well, let's take a minute now to do just that. Well, amen. Well, uh, as we turn to point two, um, we've already bounced around in the Lord's Prayer a bit, but um, in this second point, we're going to, as I said, we're going to briefly consider each of these petitions. Um, just before I do that, I want to make three comments about the Lord's Prayer, uh, just to, uh, up front. Uh, first thing I want to say is it's, it's now become evident to me. Why many preachers preach a full sermon on each petition of the Lord's Prayer rather than try to do it as one point as part of, of one sermon. Uh, there is such a treasury in each word. And uh, to be honest, I say that partly to take some pressure off myself for the next few minutes, uh, but more so to encourage you into the Lord's Prayer this year. Would You take time beyond this sermon to just just dwell and soak in its words. There is a feast to be had. Uh, second thing I want to say is that the Lord's Prayer... Uh, It was never intended as just a tick-box exercise or a magical incantation to recite each day. Unfortunately, that is how many people use it. Uh, Instead, as you may be aware, this prayer is intended as a model for our prayers, uh, for the sort of things we should pray about, the posture we should take in prayer. Uh, Now, what I'm not saying in that is that it's, it's wrong to just pray the exact words of this prayer But what I am saying is please don't just fall into the trap of mindless repetition and routine with it. Uh, As Jesus says in his sermon just before he teaches this prayer, he says, mindless repetition, that that doesn't win uh, anything from God. That isn't pleasing to to God. That's not the way uh, of God. That brings me to the third comment I want to make at the outset. And that is that whilst many of us can and do pray this prayer from memory... I reckon many of us don't realise just what we're praying for in it. Uh, Paul Tripp, he says, this is a dangerous prayer to pray. Uh, Probably haven't thought of it that way before. Uh, And the reason is simple, he says, because half of it is asking God to do what he deems best, to act for his own honour and glory and renown, to do things according to his will, not ours. And then the second half has a few surprises too. I wonder if you ever thought about it as a dangerous prayer before. Uh, Well, on that note, let me read the opening lines again, and we'll consider just that together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Notice, first of all, uh, that your runs through these verses. As I said, these verses are all about God's glory, right? Uh, In the second half, we're going to find that your... It changes to us and our. Uh, That's that's why many have noted that in terms of this prayer, it's kind of two halves, the first half about God's glory, the second half about our needs or our good. Uh, Now, this might seem obvious to you, but after the opening address, Our Father in Heaven, every line of this prayer is actually a prayer request, a petition. Uh, For most of my life, I thought the first statement was actually just that, a statement about God's name, that it is hallowed. In other words, that it is holy and special and revered and exalted. And that is a true statement. It's one we find right through the Bible. But that is not the point of this first line of the prayer. The point of this first petition is that it would be, and there's at least two spheres in mind for that, that it would be hallowed in the world and that God's name would be hallowed in my life. Perhaps you can start to see why Paul Tripp calls this a dangerous prayer. Because it's a prayer that's not just intended to change the world, but it's a a prayer that's intended to to bring change in us. Change in what we love and treasure most deeply. Change in our priorities and desires and hopes. Change in the big why behind everything that we do. Would it be be God's name being honoured that's most precious to me? Petitions 2 and 3, they continue this theme. They also tell us two of the means by which God's name is hallowed in the world. That is, by his kingdom coming, by his will being done on earth as in heaven. Uh, John Piper, he actually suggests that all of the subsequent petitions are, are to this end, to this end of God's name being hallowed. That that's the big why behind it all. I think that's a really good and helpful observation. Well, in terms of God's kingdom coming, I think we're meant to have at least two horizons in mind as we pray this and think about this. Uh, on, On the one hand, God's kingdom is here and now. That is the message of Matthew's gospel. That's what the angels announced in the field. That's what the miracles proved in abundance. That's what Jesus said directly. That's what his resurrection proved once and for all. The message of Jesus the entire New Testament is that as people come under God's rule, in other words, as they receive Jesus as king, they really do enter God's kingdom now. That they're saved out of a domain of darkness into the kingdom of God's son, as Paul puts it in Colossians 1. And so that is a key aspect of praying this petition, that more and more people would do just that. Would, would experience salvation and life under God's blessed rule today. But the Bible is, is clear, and we've, we've already sung about it this morning, that there is still a future coming to, A future glorious coming when his kingdom is no longer contended against. When every knee bows, all hostility on earth ends. So it's also praying towards that end, that day when God's will is done perfectly on earth as in heaven. Can I say I've personally found my heart uh, just challenged so many times by these petitions? Uh, So often they've helped me see that what I'm I'm praying and longing for most deeply is something less than God's honour, God's kingdom, God's renown. So often what I'm praying and longing for is just an easier life for me, maybe my name to be renowned, maybe something I just really want to have done. But I've also discovered a security and a love and a grace in these petitions as well. And I say that by virtue of the fact that these petitions are here. That tells me God knows the feebleness of my heart and is keen to help me even to love and esteem him rightly. Uh, That my Father knows I need help with this. That I can come to my Father, ask for help with even this. Father, cause your name to be hallowed in my heart. Well, as I said, at Petition 4, there's a switch. And it's now about us and the things that we need. And I just want to tell a quick story as we we pivot to look at at that. Uh, As many people here know, um, towards the end of last year, I mean 2021, end of 2021, uh, Deb and I faced a few significant and unexpected needs. Uh, The first one is one that many here know all too well, and that is that we needed to find another house. The one that we were living in uh, and, and renting got sold... And so that began our run of the, the rental market and, um, and all the associated life and neighbourhood changes that accompany that. Well, if that wasn't enough, at exactly the same time we are going through all of that, our car ex- ex- uh, experienced a, a problem we weren't expecting. We got the quote to fix it. It was, it was just not economical to repair it. And so we needed to find another car as well, something we also weren't expecting. Uh, in a matter of weeks, we were facing two big needs. What you may not have heard is that in the midst of that, we were were pretty close to facing another, even bigger need. Uh, As we collapsed down for dinner one night, after a long day of cleaning our old house, uh, amidst a a mountain of boxes in our new townhouse we'd we'd found to rent, uh, the exhaust fan in our downstairs level of the townhouse suddenly ignited. Uh, And I only knew that because the power of the whole townhouse went out and, th- and yet there was a light on in our exhaust fan. I was like, what is... Th- that is a flame in there. And if you think about that for a minute, that was in the ceiling of our downstairs level. Which way does a flame go? Oh, right. Uh, fortunately, I noticed this really quickly. was able to jump up onto our washing machine and kind of do like a Superman puff and blow it out. Uh, biggest can- you know, birthday candle blow I could give. Uh, it-, it all happened so quickly... Uh, but it was as the exhaust fan fell out of the ceiling, a melted and mangled mess a few minutes later. I realized just how serious that could have been. How quickly all of our stuff could have been gone, right? I think to some degree this fourth petition in the Lord's Prayer, it's a bit tricky to identify with at first. I mean, the first disciples, they may have needed God to provide daily bread. But we live in a time of far greater abundance, right? We've got food in the cupboard. We've got money in the bank. We don't really need God to provide daily bread. Is it possible we neglect to see how much we need God to provide for us every day? That we trust uh, these things rather than in God? Is it possible we fail to see how easily all these things could disappear? That we are no less in need of God's sovereign provision every day than they were? I think there's little doubt that Jesus phrases his petition this way to actually point us back in history to, to, to Israel's history at a time when they did need God to provide manna every day, They needed to, and when they had to trust him for that. Uh, it's an encouragement to ask God for what we need and also a reminder to trust him to provide every day, uh, to trust that he's a faithful father, he knows our needs, that his faithfulness is proven true in history. Oh, there's two more petitions. I can only touch on them really lightly. Uh, in terms of the petition around forgiveness, uh, this is another one that's wonderfully comforting but has a bit of an edge to it. Uh, on the one hand, it tells us God knows that we will sin, that our need for forgiveness is not a, a one-time event. Again, by including this here, God, God says he, he knows we're going to sin but that we can bring that to him, come to him for pardon and forgiveness again. It's also got a bit of an edge, doesn't it? Because in this petition about forgiveness, our forgiveness from God is somehow indexed to the forgiveness we're prepared to offer to others. The petition says, "As you do to us, sorry, you do to us as we do to them." Uh, this isn't God's way of limiting forgiveness to us, but showing just how important it is to Him. Of course, we see that. As we look to the cross as well, just how important forgiveness, what the, the lengths he would go to for us. That brings me to the final petition. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In regards to this final petition, just want to say two things very briefly. First one is the Bible is clear, God Himself does not tempt us to sin. Uh, he, he does sometimes lead us into situations where our faith is tested. Uh, but temptation is always from the enemy, or from our flesh, right? Uh, from, from the evil one, as, as it could be translated in this verse. Deliver us from the evil one. So this petition, it reflects the desire to avoid sin altogether. That's what it's all about. Second thing I want to say is, is it possible that we are succumbing to temptation in our lives Because we are not taking seriously the teaching of this prayer. Because we are not asking God to assist and protect us as we're taught here. And and here's a quick question. It might be quite convicting. When was the last time you prayed this petition earnestly at the start of your day? Okay. Well, I know that is just a, a, a zip-through of the Lord's Prayer. So much more we could, uh, we could cover. But hopefully that's given you a sense of, of something, of, of, of how wonderful, rich this prayer is, why it's worth diving into more and more. And, and hopefully it's encouraged you to pray and use this prayer, this prayer model this year. Appreciate God's grace giving it to us. Well, before we move on to the final point, which will be very brief, because this is a sermon on prayer, I'm going to give you another minute to pray. Uh, another 60 seconds to, of silent prayer. Perhaps to thank God for something. Maybe to bring a need before God. To say sorry to God for something that's come to mind. Maybe to ask for, a tempt- for help with the temptation you're facing. Uh, let's pray for a minute. Amen. Uh, We're going to enjoy communion together in in just a short moment. And I know we have covered a lot already, so this this final point is very brief. Um, As as I promised at the start, uh, to finish up, I just want to give you four suggestions uh, to help you pray for God's kingdom to come in 2023. Uh, As we've seen by now, that is a priority that we're taught to pray for in the Lord's Prayer. Again, these, these ideas aren't going to be revolutionary. But hopefully, they are, they're practical and helpful. Uh, so first up, as you pray for God's kingdom to come in 2023, you could pray for Jesus to return. Uh, now, on the, the one hand, uh, you aren't going to change the date of that. That is fixed in our Father's calendar. Uh, but but he will answer that prayer. Uh, he, he will bring Jesus return. Jesus will return in answer to the prayers of God's people for that. So that's one reason to pray for it. Secondly, another reason to pray for that is that our hearts are formed by the things we pray regularly for, right? And so pray that your heart might be indexed to that day rather than the priorities of our, of our present day. Our second idea, you can pray for the salvation of a friend or family member, that they would, they would repent and believe in Jesus, that they would find life in his kingdom now. Now, I've shared this before, but I'm so thankful for the people who were praying for me and, and for Deb before we became Christians, uh, for parents who prayed for me, for siblings who prayed for me, for people at Christ Community who prayed for me before I was a Christian, uh, for people I didn't know but now do, for people I didn't know and still don't, and yet who prayed for me. Amazing. So, so who are one or two or three people you could pray for this year? I mean, really pray for Here's a third idea. I want you to pray for new churches to be planted and for existing churches to thrive and grow. Pray for Christ's community to be used with great impact by God in this neighbourhood. Pray for the church plant we're partnering in, participating in, to be used in significant ways to see people in centenary neighbourhood come into God's kingdom. Final idea. As you pray for God's kingdom 2023, you can pray for God's name to be honoured His commands to be obeyed promptly and gladly and sincerely on earth, in your life, in our lives. As I said, uh, we've got the privilege of enjoying communion now, so rather than another chance to pray for that now, let me just pray and then we'll move to that. Uh, Father, thank you so much for your word and for this time to consider it today. Thank you for sending Jesus to rescue us from the dominion of sin and darkness to bring us into your kingdom of light and truth and life. Lord Jesus, thanks for giving your life for us, for giving this prayer to us. Please form in us a deep love and appreciation for your kingdom. Would it be the priorities of our hearts now and always? Sorry it so often isn't. Uh, Finally, we do pray that you would open the eyes of our friends and family to behold the wonders of your grace. We pray that to you, knowing nothing is impossible for you. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen.